When we're young, we move with freedom and confidence, with a great resilience to injury. Somewhere along the line, we develop poor habits and become more vulnerable to back pain. Smart Strong features evidence-based and practical advice to help you take back control of your health and get back to the activities you love. This is your guide to better health through movement. So join us as we demystify some of the commonly held beliefs about back pain and build your confidence to a stronger back, the smart pain. Welcome back to the Smart Strong podcast, everybody. This is Ben James, and I'm with my co-host, as always, Jacob Stay. Morning, Jacob. Good morning, Ben. So today we've discussed a lot of topics. We've introduced the podcast. We've talked a lot about where people are going wrong, some of the lack of education and awareness around the back, and particularly a lack of movement with regards to back health without a core strength and awareness of some of these simple bracing techniques as we've discussed to date. It's going to be very, very difficult to manage back pain. You might get some immediate relief, but as soon as you leave that therapist's office, you're going to go back to those activities that are causing the problem, whether that's desk work, driving, etc. And we've talked a lot to date about introducing movement, introducing walking, introducing exercise in general to aid back recovery and educate our audience in terms of their back health and how they can take back control. And what we wanted to do today was introduce some case studies to put some of this information into context because we talk a lot about theory and we talk a lot about some of the things that we can be doing. But we thought that it would be a great idea to bring in a few case studies, talk the background of the patient, some of their beliefs, some of the things they've maybe done to date that were helping or were not helping, and the journey they took in terms of their recovery. So I'm going to talk to Jacob as an interview in some of the case studies he's seen, some of the patients he's seen, uh, so we can bring that to life a little bit more and put it into context for you guys. So Jacob, I think we, we've we got a few maybe patients in mind. We'll see how the podcast goes in terms of time because you know what it's like. We get into the detail and we get into the depth and suddenly we could be talking for a long period of time about one, two patients. So I think we don't put any pressure on ourselves to talk too much. We want to give the listeners the detail around some of these key customers that patients that you've seen that helps to put context around some of the topics that we've discussed to date. So on that note, is there anyone specifically that we could start off um, focusing on in terms of a patient that you've seen, the problems they faced and the, and the way they presented to you in the, in the clinic? Yeah, I I want to start with this uh, lady that I saw. She uh, she's 75, at least when she came in. That's two years ago, and she had a fall, and um, she came to see me very kyphotic and uh, back pain. And in the beginning, it was very difficult with her because she couldn't uh, she couldn't even go onto her hands and knees. It was very painful. Okay. Uh, but we found that lying on her back with a lot of support, even though she's very kyphotic, hunched over in the upper back. So that's uh, like the rounded back that we've discussed and touched on before. Exactly. exactly. Very very rounded, head protruding forwards, you know, very difficult to look straight ahead. Mostly, mostly want to look down towards the floor. Um, okay. We found that lying on her back with a lot of support, and I mean a lot of support under the upper back and head, was actually relieving was made her spine feel good in that position. 
And so what we did with her was, um, at least what I did with her was, giving it this exercise three times a day. And um, then I obviously asked her, what, what, how's it going with her energy? And she said, well, the energy is very low. And, um, you know, she's got some bloating in her belly and uh, she was eating a, a lot of grain, a lot of bread, two, time, two to three times a day. She had two glasses of water a day, uh, three coffees a day. And um, what we did then was we, we changed that to uh, a, a, a diet that's going more in the direction of a sort of, uh, uh, a, that has a base of a paleo diet, more water. And um, I said, you know, for now, let's leave the coffee. And so we added some uh, pre and probiotics and uh, L-glutamine for the, for the gut. And we looked at some bracing techniques and I taught her how to stand up uh, out of a chair using the glutes and the posterior chain. So knees wide, you know, strong bracing and get up out of the chair. And the next time she came in, she felt a lot better. She had more energy. She was standing much taller than before. And um, she... Uh, she just felt better. She started losing weight as well, which, okay. was, which was important for her. Um, she was a little bit overweight. Okay. And so she just kind of taking a step back, I guess she came to see you. She had she seen anybody before had any advice before, or she just kind of presented with that kind of mid back pain. What was the onset? How long has she had it? She um, she was she went to a physio to see to see a physio uh, as part of a, a rehabilitation process after the fall. Generally, uh, people in the Netherlands they go to a GP and then they get referred they get referred to a physio. So yep. I, I did I didn't note down what was done before with the physio, but I know she okay. was there and um, yeah and she came to one of my workshops and that's how uh, I got to know her and that's. That's what got her to uh, come to me because you know she she had, it was difficult for her to to trust anybody starting and the workshop it made it easier for her to actually come in. And this is a workshop you do at your clinic or local gym. It's at the clinic. We in the reception we just we put some chairs down. We have a, a presentation. We do a, it's a presentation mixed with a sort of work on hands-on workshop, doing exercises, testing people in these exercises, muscle strength, these sort of things to see, to give to give themselves a little bit of a better idea of how they function. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I understand, and I think you know for the listeners that's something that is worth looking out for because people, you know, like yourself, Jacob, that are prepared to put on these kind of educational events and these open evenings, as it were to do a little bit of an educational session that is that is free presumably um, it helps to raise awareness for you obviously as a practitioner but it gives people a little bit of insight that that helps give them some sense of um, trust in what you're doing and a bit of understanding so when they're making an investment to get some treatment they already know you and and your approach which i think is is important because you know, some people that are, let's say, walking in off the street with, with serious back pain, they want a bit of reassurance up front. So that's that's clearly a beneficial thing to do uh, as a side note to the podcast. 
Yeah, absolutely. And um, and uh, I, I think that's the big deal. That's the big thing that people get to see what what your approach is, and then if they feel that's something they would like to try, then uh, they will try it. And usually, you know, it usually works very well at uh, at showing people what you're doing and, and actually people coming in and allowing me to to help them. Absolutely. And so this lady comes in to see you on the back of this uh, this open evening, and she's got mid back pain. She's She's obviously been receiving some nutritional advice from you. Was she fairly open to that at the beginning? Is that something that you discuss um, with all your patients at the outset? Because obviously this is something that we think is important around overall health and back health and particularly pain, which is uh, a number of subjects there that we're going to touch on in, in subsequent podcasts. But just to touch base on it today in terms of the case studies, was this something that was you felt particularly important for this patient or is this something that you would you would always do generally with with patients i i'd like to do it or i do it as much as i can but i have to be a little bit careful because some people are less open to it than other people mm-hmm. i in the workshops i i spend a little bit of time just talking about how your diet has a massive influence on things like uh, degeneration of the joints uh, how it aids massively in the healing and the recovery process of any disc injury, um, and also how it uh, just plays a, a big part in uh, day-to-day recovery in your normal day life. And, um, and 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 a lot of people who come in with problems, especially if it's chronic, they they have a lack of energy. You know, they they they, they or they have some chronic fatigue going on. Mm-hmm. And a big part of that is because of diet, if not the biggest part. Yeah. And so, so your ability to heal is directly related to your energy. And so I make, I make this very clear and we talk about uh, diet. And, and if people have heard this in the, the presentation and in the workshop, then they're more likely, then they actually ask, well, can we look at my diet when they come in for the, for the treatment? Yeah. And, and in this case, this lady had a, when she had a fall before she came, she had a, a compression fracture at uh, T12. That's a compression fracture of a vertebrae in the spine around, just below the mid-back. Yeah. And um, we saw this on a, on an x-ray and she had, you know, she's getting older. So she had degeneration of the, uh, the discs in the vertebrae in the low back. And so I, I explained to her how if we, work on a anti-inflammatory diet, how this is going to be uh, slowed down and how the, the healing of this compression fracture would be sped up. So she was very interested in it. Yeah, so in this case, it kind of almost formed the baseline for your treatment approach. And, and I guess, you know, for a lot of patients, that's got to be something you at least mention or discuss because as you say, and again, we'll discuss in a future podcast, diet, nutrition, can have a huge influence on inflammation and therefore potential for chronic pain, et cetera, et cetera. So it's got to be something that we we consider as part of our treatment approach. Yes, and I saw her the end of 2017 for the first time, and I still see her every eight weeks. And um, she's now lost almost 10 kilograms. And every time she comes in, she's very happy. She taps her belly and she says, um, I'm down a little bit more, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, for, so this has her, been 
yeah. yeah for her at her age it's a massive achievement and well, she feels very good about it well and and i was going to touch on that because there seems to be a perception often when you speak to to certain people and again going to be very individual but as we age there's this perception that we can't do as much and maybe we're limited etc and actually the the human potential even at 92 to put on muscle mass and to be uh, stronger is is certainly there the potential's absolutely there so i think this is sometimes again something that we we have to do is to inspire and encourage these these people and she was obviously somebody that that not only wanted to get out of pain but she maybe had a realization from the workshop that she could she could do more had she led an active life prior to this injury or was she just somebody that had had been fairly sedentary but was inspired to to improve her overall health as part of this journey yes i don't know too much about that uh but about her previous the previous part of her life but she i think she was quite sedentary Hmm. she's now more active and she does her exercises and i think you know probably at a stage where she thought okay this is it it's not going to improve and when she saw the improvement she got motivated to do more yeah great great and so she came in to see you was she surprised by the approach you took because we've talked a lot about doing an in-depth examination and testing muscle strength and testing muscle strength through some exercises maybe that's the kind of plank type exercise which again you may modify depending on the age of the patient is that something that you did as your first examination to to test some of this muscle strength to look at some of these movement habits as we've discussed and was this something that she was surprised about and uh, um, was not expecting maybe yes i yeah you know when she when 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 somebody's this age i'm not i'm never sure what they expect (laughs) but i think they they're not expecting what i'm gonna give them for sure yes and um, her exercises at the moment, she's doing the, the glute bridge, uh, she's doing the, the, the clamshells, so mainly working on the glutes and the and the, um, the glute, the big buttock muscles and the smaller ones to the side, so that she could be a little bit stronger in the posterior chain, because they get very anterior chain quad dominant as, as people age, because they start leaning forward and they, you know, they catch everything with the quads. Um, yeah. And then... Um, the table hanging exercise I also gave her where she's just with her arms outstretched hanging on a table with her hips towards her hands, which means she's getting the, the, the extension and distraction in her spine. And she's doing that a couple of times a day, which means she's, you know, she's, she's more upright. So yeah, I think she's probably never thought she was going to do these sort of things. And when she started doing them, she noticed that it, it helps a lot. And uh, yeah, she's been doing it. No, that's good. It's good that she's had the motivation and the uh, determination to to persist with the exercises for quite a period of time. It seems, and and that's that's always uh, positive as a practitioner because it can be frustrating when people um, maybe feel they don't have the time to do the exercises as we've kind of alluded to in the past. Um, the table hanging exercise, obviously, is is one that that we haven't discussed. In the past to date, so as always, um, we'll have some links into, in the show notes to the to the website, and we'll have a video on that, uh, just so that you can visualise that and um, put it into practice if you feel it 
it could be appropriate to you and your your back pain for those that are listening. So did you do any direct kind of hands-on treatment with this lady or was it very much an exercise-based approach? Because it sounds like she's got this rounded posture and when she's walking, she's she's almost in this slouch slump posture and there's obviously been a lot of focus for you to to strengthen the posterior chain and kind of bring her more upright and focus on that that posture. Yeah, um, I did do and I still do a lot of soft tissue work around the neck and the shoulders because of the um, the, 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 the slouched position, you know, hanging forward with the head and shoulders. So she gets, she has t- a lot of tension there. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's going to change uh, because it's, um, I think that's, you know, you've got your limit to how much you can improve that in terms of getting more upright. So she has a she has a lot of tension there, and I, I always loosen that for her. And um, what I also do is I do uh, sometimes I do some just chiropractic drops, a technique where you loosen the low back a little bit, but the patient stays in a very neutral position, lying flat on their tummy. So those are the main things I do hands on. Okay. And how was her brace her? general strength when she came in did she have any awareness of those things when she came into the clinic no we, we, we can we can we can uh honestly say that she had no awareness of those things of course you know yeah and uh, so that's always very nice when you can teach people how to activate for example the brace and when you even at, at, at 75 if you test the glute med when they lie on their side you know and you show them oh well you know there's there's no power there mm-hmm. you get them to lie on, you, on the back and you compare it to to quad strength and actually they have a fair bit of quad strength right. and you explain to them you know actually well, we'd like it to be at least the same or maybe even stronger yeah so people get that yes absolutely yeah so how long is it now that she's been to see you she'd come in with this mid-back pain and there was obvious weaknesses there and there was some dietary issues potentially that were that were not helping. She's now been to see you how many uh, treatments potentially? Nearly nearly two years. Nearly two years. And yeah, I, I see her every eight weeks now. And then we'll discuss maybe some dietary things. She has usually got some, some questions for me. And I'll be working uh, like I said on the soft tissue areas especially around the shoulders and the neck, maybe in the low back a little bit. And uh, then we just, we revise her exercises. And I, I always check some of the exercises. And, um, you know, that that's good for her because then it brings her back to doing it properly, especially standing out of, getting up out of a chair. People quite often fall back to doing it in the old way or they think they're doing it properly, but actually, especially at that age, they, you know, they, they change the technique. Greatly. Yes. Yes, so you're kind of constantly reviewing the exercises she's doing, maybe adding a little bit of progress, but at the very least, just checking the 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 quality of the technique to just make sure that she's doing it right, not developing poor habits, and and ensuring that um, you're doing all you can to to kind of maintain what she's right. now got. And has her posture improved? Yes. Oh, yes. She's. You know, I mean, she'll she'll never get upright. Again. Of course, yeah. But she's she's a lot more upright than before, and 
uh, with the improvement of her posture, she's not having this pain anymore. The pain went over in, in a few weeks. Brilliant. And she had it for quite a while before that. And what's been, what's been your kind of observation on how she comes into the clinic in terms of her, uh, I guess, her mood and her general outlook? Have you noticed a difference in terms of more positivity or more happiness as a result? Absolutely. Um, you know, a little bit morbid when she came in and, um, well, with when people come in, you know, they have hope. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then it's what you do with that. And, uh, I mean, she's, she's in a much better place right now than she was before. Brilliant. Uh, uh, you know, going for a walk and doing stuff like that, which was very difficult before. It's now just something she does regularly. And she has a lot of appreciation for that. I mean, that's clear. She shows that. Brilliant. Well, I mean, that's a, a positive story. I'm conscious that, um, as uh, as alluded to at the beginning of the uh, podcast, sometimes these discussions get away with us. So we're, we're already up to 20 minutes on uh, on one patient. And so in terms of getting through a number of different case studies, maybe, we, um, maybe we'll, we'll do an, another episode after this uh, to introduce a few more. But moving on from that patient, I wanted to discuss, is there a patient you can think of that's come into the clinic that maybe is younger that's felt that they shouldn't have back pain because they're, they're doing a lot of sport? Because that's another kind of classic, those people that are exercising so they feel they shouldn't have a problem. Or maybe a patient that is doing some exercise maybe that, that isn't necessarily yeah. an elite sports person, but, but they feel they're doing the right thing, as it were, for their back pain. Yes, I have a I have a lady. Um, let me see the age. So I can think of this uh, this one person, thirty uh, one year old lady, who has had one child, came in with uh, bilateral, so both left more than right knee pain and swelling, not able to rest on the knees. Um, and history of a, a low back hernia and that was uh, two years prior to when I saw her. I, uh, she was doing a lot of exercises. She was following a program online which, okay. involved, which involved all kinds of, you know, from burpees to, um, yeah, extreme uh, sit-up movements uh, going through the spine. So this was and like a sports-based program rather than it was a kind of rehab-based program, or was it? Yes, I would yeah. say 100% sports-based program, okay. not a rehab program. Uh, been to see a few um, other therapists, and um, yeah, I'm not exactly sure why, who or how she got to me, but she came to me, and so I investigated her, and we, we had a, it was a, a long investigation because there was a lot of information and so just to break it down a little bit the main points were uh, muscle weakness on the leg where she had the old hernia uh, then a very tender lumbar spine you know if you push on the vertebrae uh, the muscles absolutely cramped up in the low back uh, 
the core not strong at all posterior chain very weak uh, knees if you look at the range of motion of the knees uh, very tender if you go into full flexion and then she had uh, a raised uh, inflammatory markers but not raised enough for the doctors to, to do anything about it, but it was raised. So this was a blood test that was done by a doctor's? Blood test, yes, exactly. And this was done because of this particular problem she was experiencing with her back or, or her knees, or was this just a general health kind of check? That Ge she'd... General, well, I'm not sure exactly why they did this, but it was a general health check in that, you know, something more like that. It was, right, got you. Yeah. And um, she she does you know she wouldn't wake rested she'd be fatigued um, then her gut wasn't good a lot of wind and um, uh, going to the loo would not be constant you know sometimes she'd be obstipated sometimes diarrhea and then uh, yeah she vitamin D was low also on the blood test. Okay. Supplementing with vitamin D. And yeah, so then we we started with very basic stabilization exercises, something like the bird dog and hands and knees was very difficult for her. Uh, but also because the knees were a little bit painful. We made sure that she had padding underneath the knees, so that was it was possible. Then uh, we worked a lot on the posterior chain. We built it up slowly, you know, just uh, to get the communication between the brain and these muscles in the beginning, because it was very weak, to be honest. And yeah. then we did stuff like the dead bug, uh, clamshells, glute bridge, um, you know, just doing the basic hip hinge, learning how to bend through the hips, keeping the, the spine straight. And we we went uh, or we went back to a sort of uh, paleo diet as a base again, uh, trying to get the gut better. Uh, we looked at uh, a B complex, vitamin B complex, vitamin D, L glutamine. Yeah, we, we we stayed on that sort of approach for about eight weeks, because I explained to her this this will take time, you know. And. She was actually still breastfeeding, so she was she was afraid of losing weight, you know, if we would remove especially grain like bread and these sort of substances. And she was closely monitoring her weight and she, she was actually losing a little bit of weight. And so I uh, suggested, you know, just up the fat with your meals. And she, she would have a lot of vegetables and fat with some, obviously some meat or chicken or fish. Um, and I wanted her to try and do three meals a day, which she ended up doing, it was possible. So we really got control of her insulin. And yeah, she gradually improved and she made a very good recovery, had a blood test at, at some point later. The inflammatory markers were down. Her uh, gut was much better, she, going to the the loo was a, well, a good experience for her. She did mention that she had to go two, three times a day now, um, and that she wasn't used to it, but it was it was all good. So this is kind of the classic patient that we've, I suppose, been been talking 
about throughout these podcasts to date. They've got this disc herniation and they're doing some exercises, they're following some programs, probably assuming that they're doing a good thing for themselves and for their body and hopefully for their back pain, but actually moving incorrectly because it sounds like her awareness in terms of posture, in terms of neutral spine, in terms of using those muscles, the anterior abdominal wall, the posterior chain to resist movement around the spine. It sounds like she's been doing a lot of exercises that were creating movement at the spine for a, a disc problem that we know is going to be exacerbated by all those things. Yes, yes. And and she was uh, she was quite driven and you know, listening to her, she would do her uh, home exercises from this program that she bought uh, on a regular basis. And I just knew that, you know, it was, like you say, it wasn't contributing to getting stronger in a good way. So there was a, there was, there was a positive in your mind that she's committing to exercises and therefore that's going to be a, um, a great potential for her to adopt what you're saying and, and ensure that she's going to see improvement. But at the same time, you had to break some habits because it sounds like she's doing maybe one of these uh, intensity-based workouts to try and lose weight after giving birth. So maybe there's this other factor there that she's wanting to lose weight and get back into shape, but actually it's trying to make her aware that, yes, that's, that's the goal you want, but unless we get the baseline right and get the movement patterns right, the back's going to suffer as a result. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. In her case, she um, she didn't want to lose weight. She actually had a problem uh, keeping on the weight because she was still okay. breastfeeding. But um, I mean, you're right with saying that she she was you know she wanted to get back into shape. Obviously, after the, the pregnancy, that was her goal. Okay. And um, that's why she was so fanatically driven to do this program. But um, yes, I and and there was some habits to break. But she was very open because she was already she already went to a couple of uh, therapists, and you know she wasn't getting better. That that was so her motivation was very big. She was very motivated to get better, and you know everything we discussed. She really took it hard, and she really went for it. And um, with the knees, the knees were very irritated, both of them. And so I, I explained to her, you know, this is going to take some time, and she knew that. And, I mean, at some point, because the her, her left knee, that was it was worse than the right knee, used to get swollen at least twice a week. And at some point, she just told me, oh, my knee hasn't been swollen for a couple of weeks. You know, and I knew, okay, body's making it, it's taking a turn there. And then uh, she weighed uh, 56 kilograms, and then she said, "You know what? I weighed weighed myself, and I'm I'm on 58 now. So actually, the diet's going very well." And she, you know, her energy came back because she was very fatigued, and uh, I think she was she was out of, she, you know, she stopped working for a little while. So she made a, a dramatic improvement on all those bases, and I think that's what she needed she needed to to improve more than one thing and if you just had one approach or or one aspect that you tried to improve it wouldn't have been enough 
and I, I had yeah. a strong feeling that we we had to go this direction, and she was uh, she was very good in following it up. Yeah, she was obviously a little bit desperate and uh, and prepared to to listen, which is obviously important. And I think you know, that's maybe a good place for us to uh, to summarise this particular episode. And as I say, you know, we'll we'll perhaps do another episode next with a couple more case studies because I think they're really valuable. But there's obviously some background here and some um, some support in terms of exercises and exercise based approach which we've we've discussed and we certainly believe in that movement is important but actually holistically there are other factors such as nutrition that also need to be considered which again we'll we'll touch on in in subsequent podcasts but it sounds like there's a couple of patients here that first and foremost had the desire to improve and were prepared to listen and I think that's the first thing if you've be prepared, I think, to challenge your practitioner, as we said before, because if you're not getting this overall holistic advice and this movement-based advice, you really are going to struggle to see significant improvement. So you've got to be prepared to challenge and prepared to find that right practitioner. And once you've found them, be prepared to listen. Because in both cases that we've discussed today, the patients followed the advice that you gave them they remained committed to that advice and as a result they've seen improvement and so often we see people that are desperate that are trying to do numerous different things at any one time and it's then very difficult to establish what's creating the problem or or exacerbating the problem and what is actually helping in certain periods so I think it's very important to be prepared to make some sacrifices and particularly the second patient she had to make some sacrifices in terms of her, what she was currently doing in order to make that progress. And I think for those listening that have back pain and that are doing different things, you've got to start to think, well, okay, I've got to create a baseline. I've got to stop all these different things and then make it much more clear when you're getting the right advice, how and where that progress and that improvement is coming from, because otherwise it is, it can be complicating and can be exacerbating the problem. But certainly, as demonstrated today, a movement-based approach is going to be beneficial in terms of back health, but not just improving back health and back pain, overall health, weight loss, and state of mind, which we know experience and evidence is telling us is hugely beneficial in terms of our mental health, not just our physical health. So, Jacob, once again, thank you very much for your input. And sure, as discussed, we'll we'll maybe cover another couple of case studies next time and uh, bring some of this information to life. Again, refer to the show notes. We'll have some uh, link for the, the table hanging exercise back to the website so you can see that exercise and see some of the other exercises we've talked about in the past to help with with your back health and start you on the journey to better back health. So once again, thanks for listening. As always, take the opportunity to head over to iTunes and give us a rating. It just helps to raise awareness and get uh, the podcast out to the masses as we continue uh, our own journey to improve back health for more people. So thanks again for listening, guys. And Jacob, I'll speak to you soon.